Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, another episode for the archives. Uh, really stoked to be talking to this guy. We had a conversation a couple, man, time flies. Been a couple years ago over on the farm where we were talking a little bit more, more headier subject. We're going to keep it light today because, um, you know, that's kind of what the show's about. We dabble a little bit in the dark arts, but we definitely want to stay in the light. He is Mr. Ray Yee, martial arts instructor, SAG stuntman. New dad, which is awesome. Ray Yee, how we doing today, brother? Man, Jeffrey, I'm doing super good, man. Just uh, feeling very blessed to, you know, be doing what I love to do still. And that's, uh, like I said, you got a newest addition to the clan. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man, she's amazing. Uh, Raina Kitiana is her name. She's uh, four and a half months old now, and uh, she's just the best thing ever. You know, beautiful, smart, strong, you know, athletic, coordinated. I can't imagine where she got that from. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> How's mom doing? Mom doing good? Well, her mom's pretty athletic, too. So okay. Mom's doing great. Mom's, man, she, I, she's so great, man. She's uh, a phenomenal parent. And, um, you know, in her own right, she's very athletic. She uh, used to uh, competitively downhill skate, you know, uh, in San Diego and, oh, wow. and all over. Yes. Cool. So is that the so only, the only one? She stuff and um yeah. Only kid? Okay, cool. Yeah, my only child, man. Uh, took a little while, you know. I'll That's be all right. 53 in September, so, you know, definitely, uh, you know, wanted to make sure it was the right time with the right woman, with the, you Absolutely. know, right, right situation and financially and just mentally. Well, and the, the swimmers are obviously still strong, so, you know, everything worked out. It's beautiful, man. I, <laughs> and it's cool. I mean. It's funny. We got her a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm cutting you off. Oh, I, I, was, I was saying it was funny because uh, one of the shirts, uh, we got her this little onesie. Uh, one of my, my students uh, actually gave it to us 
and it says uh, my daddy doesn't shoot blanks. It's pretty pretty hilarious. <laughs> Without a doubt, man, it's it is such a blessing, man. I mean, obviously, you guys have kind of gotten past the sleep deprivation phase. If she's four months, she's obviously sleeping through the night and all that good stuff. Oh yeah, man. She'll uh, she's a great baby. She's even even earlier on when she was only like two two and a half, you know, months, you know, three months, she was still sleeping four or five hours a night, you know. I mean, she'll get up a little bit here and there, and and uh, want want mama or you know a little hungry or something. But yeah, she's uh, she's a great baby, brother. That's very cool. And again, I mean, I've had a couple kids. I've had a couple kids. One's an adult, and the other one's uh, fourteen. And it's as much as we think we're teaching them. So often, man, they're teaching us about you know just patient discipline, like things you're already very familiar with. But kids are are wonderful, wonderful teachers, man. Very much so. And I was just going to ask you about your kids, so. You know that's awesome, man. It sounds like they're they're doing phenomenal. I, I keep track of you, obviously, on you know Instagram and, and Facebook, so I, I get to see you and your beautiful kids every now and then. Yeah, man, they're, we're doing good, man. Like I said, uh, my oldest daughter. I mean, I'm kind of cliche. Two different, uh, two daughters by two different mothers, but wonderful, wonderful children. Uh, I lost my uh, my oldest daughter's mom last November, so that's been the ripple oh, effect man. of that has been still pretty rough on uh, my daughter and her other siblings. But yeah, you know, we're we're, we're doing what we can, getting by, and. Um, just hopefully trying to enjoy our blessings, man, like we talked about. Absolutely. My deepest condolences, too, to your uh, daughter's mom. That's, I appreciate uh, that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, and yeah, and it's, it's easy to, you know, get angry. You know, it's obviously upsetting, but, you know, we, you know, obviously we weren't together when she passed. And, you know, as much as because we broke yeah. up, it, it wasn't always that bad, man. We had some great times. We had a wonderful daughter. And I totally cherish and honor the time that we spent together. And, you know, the fact that we had a, had a daughter as well is just a wonderful blessing. So I try to try to look on the bright side of it and not look at what we lost, but the amazing times that we had, you know. But without getting Absolutely. too, too Absolutely. deep on that. So, man, you've been at it for a long time, man. Been training since 1980, teaching since 1998. You know, when did that bug bite you, man? I mean, it sound I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when I ask this question to certain martial artists, obviously the answer oftentimes is Bruce Lee. But when did that martial arts bug bite you? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the bug, you know, I mean, I, I, I grew up like like most kids in the, you know, 70s, you know, watching, uh, you know, everything from like, you know, the the old school Batman and Robin with Adam West and, and um, you know, just just loving martial arts stuff, you know, like Bruce Lee you know, Chuck Norris, you know, I, I mean, I remember, you know, my dad taking me to, to watch, you know, the movies in the theater. So that, that I guess was, um, you know, kind of like my, my and comic books. Um, my, my parents, uh, you know, are from China. And so like, uh, and, and, and grew up, you know, kind of in, in, in Asia. So, you know, my grandparents would send me these, um, you know, comic books that had all these, you know, martial arts fight scenes in it. So I was kind of enamored by that. And, um, really, it didn't really take full. In fact, I was, I guess I was just, you know, entertained by it. But, um, you know, at the age of 10 in 1980, my, uh, my parents around that age, my parents decided that, um, you know, I, I really was, you know, in their, their quote unquote term was getting whitewashed. Um, I, I, um, I didn't know too much about my heritage. I did and didn't, and I didn't appreciate it. I don't think as much as, um, um, I, I probably should have, you know, uh, being a first generation, you know, um, uh, Asian American. So I, um, they sent me overseas and, um, you know, that was my really first experience. My uncle was a Wing Chun instructor. Um, and my grandfather was a Tai Chi instructor. And so that subsequently led me into the road of uh, where I'm at now. The, the basis, the foundation was Wing Chun. Yeah, that was, um, you know, I spent a summer, you know, training with my uncle and, and, and my grandfather in their arts. And, um, that was kind of like my baseline, I wouldn't say at this point in my life that Wing Chun is like my, 
my my strongest. I, I think there are a lot a lot of better Wing Chun guys out there, but you know, it was so cool just in the sense that you know that was Bruce Lee's first style. You know, as right. far as like his his first official style. And so, um, and my uncle had actually trained with a guy named Wong Shen Long, um, who was um, one of Yip Man's students and um, was an older classmate of, of uh, C. Joe Bruce Lee's. And so, you know, he, he showed me these old black and white pictures of, you know, their class. And, you know, sure, and, sure enough, you know, the, you know, Bruce Lee was in, you know, the pictures. And, you know, as a kid, I was blown away. I was like, wow, I'm learning that stuff. Right. You know, so, um, you know, that kind of just led me into the, 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 the journey. And um, subsequently, every summer, my, my parents would send me wherever my uncle was because he, he did business abroad. And, you know, I spent, spent a summer in, in, um, in Singapore. I spent a summer in Thailand. I spent a summer in the Philippines. Um, I spent a summer in Japan. And so I got a really good, I guess, introduction to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different martial arts and how they do things. And, and again, the more I got into it, the more, more you know, obsessed I would be in, in, you know, learning as much as I could. And when I came back to the States, I would, you know, try and find whatever dojos were available you know, kind of in that Portland area where I grew up. And, you know, sometimes it was, you know, Shotokan karate. Sometimes it was, uh, you know, Shonru. Sometimes it was, you know, various Kung Fu styles or Taekwondo, whatever it was, you know, if my parents could afford to send me there, you know, or whatever, you know, I would, I would try to go as much as I could, you know, being still in school. Well, and that's interesting. I mean, obviously with Bruce Lee being an influence and we're going to get into it in a minute and how you met Mr. Dan and Santo, you know, Santo. Um, so, I mean, you really began, I don't know if you were doing it deliberately, yeah. but you were exposing yourself to different martial arts. And that really kind of is what Jeet Kune Do was really all about, utilizing what is useful and discarding what is not. Did you kind of, was that kind of an accidental journey you were on where you kind of deliberately kind of embodying the Jeet Kune Do? It was really an accidental journey. And, 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 you know, I look back at it now as being so fortunate of having those, you know, weird kind of, you know, I'd start in one, one, one style and go to another just because of availability and where I was. And, um, I didn't really start getting, you know, kind of following the footsteps of, of the Jikundo path and, and the, the specialties that I do now, uh, until 93, 94 was really when I, when, when I kind of made that pivotal change from doing, you know, everything under the sun <laughs> uh, or, or looking for different things, whether it was Japanese jiu-jitsu or Japanese judo um, uh, or, or, or ninjutsu or whatever. Um, trying to find the right fit, I guess, was kind of what I was really looking for. The older I got, the more I would try to find the, the, the style that best fit me as a person and also like um, my, my, my nature and also like um, kind of what I wanted to do, which was, you know, be very functional as a, uh, as a martial artist. I, I discovered early because of all the different styles that, you know, certain styles have certain strong points and, and there are no bad styles. They're all phenomenal. It's just whether it's, um, you know, taught in a historical fashion or if it's applicable in whatever area that you're learning it in. Um, and that's really kind of what, what led me to that pivotal change in 93, 94. Yeah, and that's cool because it's like, like you said, you had already kind of exposed yourself to so much. Did you find, I mean, obviously you're giving respect to all the disciplines you've learned. Did you, when you transitioned to Jeet Kune Do, were you able to, like I say, utilize what was useful for you and then discard what was not? Or did you still maintain a training in the of each of the disciplines? No, I, I, I definitely started following that, that philosophy more uh, as soon as I, you know, kind of got into it because, you know, there were, there were, you know, methodologies and, and movements that, 
you know, I had, I had to kind of strip away and discard and, and because the platform wasn't functional, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, take for instance, like a, a Taekwondo bladed stance or, a, you know, one from, um, you know, any karate, you know, systems, it doesn't function well when we're talking about going against somebody that's a, uh, you know, you know, wrestler, you know, or, or it didn't function well as far as being, um, you know, you know, kind of, uh, going up against somebody that's a boxer. So, you know, uh, certain things, you know, I kind of had to discard, but then later on in life, I understood much more of the purpose of it. And there are times and places for all, all of them. Sure. So you can literally make everything work if you just understand, you know, where its strengths are, where its weaknesses are, and also what, what, what environments you're fighting right. in or, or using it in and, who you're going against. Those are all, you know, concepts of, 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 of Jeet Kune Do and Bruce Lee. Well, and it seemed like, and I don't, I could be wrong about this, but it seemed like as, as Bruce progressed in Jeet Kune Do and learning these different styles, he was more adapting it for real street fighting. Like what is useful in real life street fighting, obviously similar to you having the discipline or having the respect for each discipline. But part of what his cultivating of Jeet Kune Do was based off of utilization and real fighting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, that's a really correct assumption, and, and um, that's really what happened. Was to my understanding, you know, in uh, in Hong Kong, they they would have these what they call rooftop battles. You know, um, you know, basically, you know, your style's better than mine, or you know, kind of, um, you know, you're looking at me funny. Whatever the scenario is, <laughs> they would go on these rooftops of these buildings and um, and have these matches and 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 you know, full contact type sparring, you know, uh, fighting matches and. I, I believe, to my understanding, um, both from my uncle and um, my my Wing Chun instructor, one of my Wing Chun instructors, Sifu Francis Fong, and Mr. Insano, of course, is that you know as as he got in more and more of these rooftop you know type type fights, he started kind of understanding where things worked, where it didn't, where things were more efficient, and and himself you know started you know whittling away at, at things that 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 were much more functional through trial by fire instead of, you know, this is what my seafood taught me. This is what my sensei taught me, whatever the, 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 the deal was, was because of the trial and error, you know, he, he, he really had a really good understanding and appreciation of, okay, this is much more direct. This is much more functional. Yeah. This is good, but the delivery system is wrong. It's mm. it, not for this format. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, obviously it's, it seems to me, and I could be completely wrong, it seemed like the name, the modern name of Jeet Kune Do seems to be mixed martial arts. I mean, it's it's utilizing all these different disciplines and again, discarding what is not useful and and utilizing what is useful. And it, it, do you agree with that? I mean, does, is what we're seeing today yeah, in mixed martial you're arts? you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, because it just seems to me like... Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, um, you, you have, you know, guys that are, you know, kind of the... the the paramounts or, or the, the the people that really listen to an MMA like Dana White, um, you know, and and, and Joe Rogan, who's, who's literally tell you that you know Bruce Lee was the godfather of MMA, and and that is 110% correct. And and of course, you know, Mr. Asano says that is that that you know what we see now is is really the the fluoration of of what he was trying to 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 accomplish so many years ago. Um, it just wasn't done to the, the nature of, of what's done now. Like, you know, in, in, in the olden days, you know, from the standing game to the takedown game, 
they would not contest the submission, right? So once they got into a submission, they would just immediately tap and 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 get back up or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas now everything's contested, right? Whether it's stand up, whether it's the kicking game, the boxing game, the clinch game, the um, the, the the wrestling game, the jujitsu game. All of it's being contested, and that's, again, where we see what, what works well, what doesn't work well in the octagon now. Yeah, for sure, and that's another reason. I mean, I love him like Midnight Loves the Moon anyway, but my good friend Pat Militich, whom you know, and, you know, the Militich fighting system, he had that that very, very diverse background as well, which, you know, the MFS is kind of another variation of Jeet Kune Do because he integrated so many different disciplines in his training and the, and the champions that he trained. Absolutely. I mean, um, Pat was definitely a pioneer, and, you know, he's, he's a good friend. Like you said, I, I love the guy to pieces, man. Uh, can't can't say enough good things about him. I, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with him the last time he was out here in, in uh, New Mexico. And, you know, we just uh, we, we saw so many of the same commonalities and, and agreed on philosophy. And, uh, yeah, definitely Pat had, was one of the, the pioneers that, that started, you know, putting his game together from his diverse training. Yeah. Well, and again, um... I've I've asked questions like the, to other mixed martial artists, you, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson, Pat. You know, obviously, um, martial arts is an external discipline, if you will, but oftentimes it's something that's very much more internal and spiritual. It seems like. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, absolutely. I think on the surface, when when people get into it, they they don't necessarily go into it for spiritual enlightenment or right. finding themselves. I mean, of course, there there are individuals that do do that, but most of the time they're going for more of the internal arts or you know things like that or meditation. And and again, they're all it's it's part of it, but it's it's really kind of much more in the background than in the forefront. In the foreground, you're you you know there you have these combative movements, um, but in in all reality, the longer you're in it, the longer you understand, the more you understand that it, it's that eternal struggle with yourself. I mean, right. your opponent really doesn't bring a whole lot to the table the longer you're in it. But the more you train, you're not going to see anything that you you haven't seen before. I mean, sure, there's new ways of setting up things, but um, and, and in techniques as far as, you know, you know, mastering the techniques or, or, or putting in the, the flight time to the techniques, whether it's, you know, doing a, a single leg, a double leg, or, or doing a back fist or, you know, doing a spinning, you know, uh, crescent kick or, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, more tie, tie kick or whatever. It's, it's, it's about self-perfection and, right. you know, really, you know, mastering your own fears, your own limitations. Right. And, um, I think that as you start doing more of it, you start understanding that that mastery of, of those physical arts and physical, you know, movements translate directly to your 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 hardships in life whether yes. it's relationship wise whether it's you know scholastic wise whatever the situation is you can apply those same you know uh, strategies to real life and i think that's why like you know so many people you know gravitate towards like the books like you know our you know art of war the book of five rings right you know those are and even and of course the 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 tao of jikun do there, there's so much teachings in that that can apply to business, to your everyday life, that I, I think that a lot of times that's lost in, in MMA now. Yeah, and that's that's so true, man. I mean, I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, particularly religious. I mean, no disrespect to anybody who might be, but I read the Tao Jeet Kune Do many years ago on a like month-long trip into the desert. Like, I was didn't see a city for a long time, and I was reading that book the whole time. And I totally, I, 
as much as I was seeing things about fighting physicians and things like that, the the way of the intercepting fist could be so easily translated to life, especially when he talked about solidifying that was what that which was once fluid, discarding things that are not useful for you and utilizing things that are useful for you. Like you said, you can use in business relationship, etc. It's it's the ripple effect for me of that book was was so very powerful because again it translated yeah. into so many ways. I, I applied it to so many different things in my life. Absolutely, and I have also, and and I I, I try to pass that on to you know my students my the fighters that I've trained and, and, you know, just, you know, every, every, everything that I've kind of, kind of come to, in contact with that does give me, you know, any type of resistance or, or I myself maybe am resistant to it. Mm. You start realizing that you can utilize those same concepts instead of fighting something that, you know, you can't get through or go around it. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's deep, man. It's really deep. When I was, I was, it was so transformative for me, quite frankly, because it was, like I said, it just, it was one of those kind of like big spiritual kick in the head moments of, like I was saying, you know, you could look at it as just an external thing, but man, the the the, the usefulness on your our internal spiritual journey is is so so very useful. And I, I did actually wanted to ask you, and you kind of spoke to it already. As an instructor, as a majority of people, especially obviously work with kids, what are their and I, you might have answered this already, but what are the reasons oftentimes for coming to, to learn martial arts? Is it kind of a, a balance of both internal and, and external? Or is it like supposedly the story with Bruce Lee going to get men, like he was getting bullied or whatever? And, and, and talk to actually about that, how mixed martial arts and martial arts in general helps kids with the bullying and not using it to beat up. Well, why, why are people coming to get, uh, get your tutelage, sir? I think um, I think you nailed it with all those points. I mean, the majority of people, I think, um, have different reasons. Sometimes they're comp- compound reasons of why they start martial arts. Sometimes it could be as as simple as somebody's just bored with their routine of um, of lifting weights or, or 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 you know running on a treadmill or running on on you know the pavement, whatever the scenario is with that. Um, or it could be somebody's just got a lot of pent up stress from work or from school or you know um it could be that they're 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 being bullied um could be because of you know the the time that we're living in now it's even more important to as violent as things have become on the streets that people want the the comfort of being able to 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 protect themselves or protect their loved ones so it's all of those and i think whatever the reason is they start once they start doing it they start finding that Yes, it's a great stress reliever. Yes, absolutely. It's um, it's a way for them to compete after you know high school or college sports. It's a way for them to challenge themselves. Um, it's a way for them to be entertained, so to speak, and not be bored with a workout where every workout is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way for parents to help find that support. Uh, you know, teaching you know self discipline, self confidence. Um, you know, athleticism. I mean, it's, um, it, 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 it's all of those things is what I'm seeing, you know? Yeah. Well, and again, you know, having the fortune of speaking to people like yourself and just, you know, boss root and a multitude of elite level fighters, you know, oftentimes, I don't know, you know, in the bar and somewhere, Hey, you think you're so tough. That's the least thing they do at all. Any of the, any of the badasses I've ever met, they're the least aggressive. And I think part of going back to kind of the internal struggle, internal struggle, yes, I have the weapons to take your head off, but I also have the weapons to de-escalate and even avoid confrontational situations. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I think when you've, when you've tested yourself, whether it's, it's just being able to, um, 
to overcome, you know, somebody that's been getting the better of you in jujitsu or, or maybe it's just, um, you know, you, you've, you've had some stand-up sparring or, or you've had some amateur or pro fights. I think you just come to the realization that there's nothing really left to prove. <laughs> right. And if you, and if you are that guy that, or gal that still needs to prove that that's something that that's, that's your own issue. Right. right, right. And, and there are people like that, sure. you know, there are people like that that still want to prove themselves. Um, to them and their friends or, or, or whatever. But I think the longer you do it, the more you realize that there's, there, there's less to prove that you can take somebody's head off, like you said, much, and the challenge is much more to, to be conservative and not use it and leave the battle unscathed and not even starting the battle. You know, I mean, let the guy blow off steam, let the guy call you whatever the hell you are, you know, that he wants to call you. But I, I mean, mm-hmm. unless they're threatening you, physically unless they're threatening your family unless it i mean everybody's all you know like they're entitled to their opinion sure but as soon as they they step into your bubble and, and threaten <laughs> you as an individual or your family um there there's nothing really to 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 really you know deal with except for just their their mouth right i mean yeah uh, or or their dirty looks i mean uh, you know it is what it is and you know it, you choose to engage or you choose to not engage is completely up to you. And I think that comes with um, emotional maturity and it comes from understanding what you're capable of and what other people are capable of. Sure. I mean, do they have a knife? Do they have a gun? Do they have two buddies, you know, hiding in the wing? They're going to jump you and break a, a beer bottle over your head. I mean, there's all these things that you kind of have to take into calculation and, and, and figure out, well, is this worth it just because this guy doesn't like my football team? Yeah, you know? no, exactly, exactly. Well, and, and again, one of the part of the internal struggle is hopefully mar- mixed martial arts in general helps kill the ego a bit and humble you a bit. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, yes, yes, I'm a jerk. You're tougher than me. Yeah, good luck with that. But like you said, it's kind of interesting because I'm not a fighter and I'll never really yeah. been. But I'm, I'm one of those like I don't care what you say. But the moment you come in this bubble and t- you know what I mean, it just changes the whole dynamic. Yeah. And and again, it comes back to to threat assessment. Like you said, like I'm not gonna fight you in a bar you said xyz i just don't care i'm not going to take yeah. ownership of your insecurity your fear whatever it is but you touch me you touch my family and it's on and popping you know what i mean but um yeah 100 man yeah dude so i mean obviously you wear many hats my man you are also a sag stuntman screen in the screen actors guild how'd you get into that um so a few, few years ago um you know i had i had a lot of you know kind of you know older brothers so to speak in the arts that were you know, that I didn't know too well, but they were in, in, in movies, you know, or during the time that I was kind of coming up, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, that, that were, that were stuntmen at the time now are, are either stunt coordinators or the directors. I mean, um, guys like, you know, Chad Sahelski, you know, Brad Martin, um, you know, Dave Leach, uh, uh, Rich Citrone, you know, the Eric Paulson, they were all like guys that were kind of like my older brothers or my mentors that, uh, Dave and Cara, they were all guys that were kind of, you know, around and they were doing all these cool things. And, um, you know, I, I always looked up to them going, man, they have the best life. They, they're, they actually get to do this, you know, on, on film, they get to, um, you know, they get paid well and they're, um, they're, they're, they're able to take it to another level by just not, not just, you know, uh, teaching fighting or, 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 or just, uh, training, but just, you know, kind of be able to, you know, express themselves on on screen and so um that that was kind of the way i kind of went through life for, for many years when during my training i would just go oh i gotta go watch my buddy i gotta watch 
you know, this guy that um, I met at a seminar because he, he choreographed this movie or, or he, he did stunts in this movie. And so it was like that for a long time. And then I think it was around probably 07-ish, 08-ish um, that I met one of my, my mentors now, um, Al Goto, who, who came out from, from California. He was a, a stunt guy from there. He was a stunt coordinator. And um, he moved out here to, to work on Better Call Saul. And, um, you know, he had known guys like, you know, the, the guys I mentioned and Jeff and Mata and all the guys that were out of the Nissan Academy that converted into stunts. And he, he himself knew, you know, uh, Guru Nisano. And, um, you know, he was fortunate enough to to have those those relationships. Well, when he came out here, I was training a guy named uh, Abu Hussar, who's, um, you know, camera guy. He's a, a key grip. Um, he was also, you know, training uh, in L.A. and also when he came out here, found me and started training with me. Well, they were working on a show together and they said, and they started, you know, somehow talking about, you know, Kali, Eskrima, you know, Jeet Kune Do, Muay Thai, all that stuff. And, and he said, you should really meet my buddy Ray, you know, um, he's my instructor. And um, I think you could really use him for, you know, this stuff. And so uh, Al got a hold of me. We, 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 we shot the shit, you know, we got along super good. And, um, you know, he ended up ask, asking me to help kind of, you know, consult on a couple projects. And at the time I was really still really heavily involved in the fight game at the, at that time, you know, like the, the tap out show was going, I had, um, you know, started working with Donald Cerrone. I was working with Leonard Garcia, all the, you know, all the guys from the tap out ranch. And, and, um, you know, I was really involved in that. So for me at that time, I was like traveling a lot to the fights. I was, you know, going on the road with cowboy to, to, to do his, you know, media tours or whatever and training him. So like really me doing actual stunts, I just, again, was kind of like, it was a little out of reach. I couldn't really kind of budget the time doing what I was doing with the fight game and also running my gym. And, um, and, and I had, you know, of course I've always had dogs. And so I was like, man, I just don't have the time and I can't do it. So I just kind of stayed on the peripherals, um, for, for many years. And then, uh, a few years ago, Al and, um, another one of our buddies, Rich, um, you know, started talking to me and he said, they're like, man, you just got to get your SAG card. You really are wasting your talent and wasting your, 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 your life by not jumping into this game. And so, um, Rich King was the other guy's name. Um, who's also a stunt coordinator and a stunt guy. Um, anyway, so they started talking to me about it and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger. So I got my, my SAG card. And, um, ever since I, I haven't regretted one day, I'm pulling the trigger on that because I, I absolutely love it, man. Yeah, it's a, you guys are kind of the unsung heroes. I mean, you could, you guys, <laughs> you guys work your butt off to make these stars look like they know what they're doing, man. So I always, I always found that fascinating. Well, I, I know another stuntman too out there, and it's or who used to be in the industry, but I always found that fascinating and very, very rewarding financially, I'm sure. But it's kind of the unsung heroes as far as filmmaking goes. Really cool, man. Well, you've mentioned numerous times your, your guru, your your Sifu, I believe it's called um, Dan Inasanto. Talk to me about who that yeah. person is and mm -hmm. how you met that person, because he's absolutely is obviously so crucial in the world of martial arts. But he's also been very integral and crucial as to continuing the legacy of Jeet Kune Do. Talk to me about who he is, not just to you, but, you know, a little bit about him and how you guys met. Um, so, you know, in that pivotal time in 93, 94, um, I started training with one of my, my best friends uh, still to this day, um, Sifu Christopher Clark. And and. Um, you know, Mr. Clark was, um, you know, 
he was already an instructor under um, Guru Nisano. He was an instructor both in in Jeet Kune Do and and the Kali Eskrima. He was an instructor under um, Ajahn Chai Sisut doing the the Muay Thai. He was already you know uh, doing so much as far as the the, the Savat with um, you know um, uh, Nikolai Sanyak and and he was already on this path of uh, of the Jigidi and 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 the 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 family of arts that, that it involves that um, I, I started training with him. We were, we were friends for a long time. And then he was like, you should really come check out what I'm doing. I think it really would work well, especially with the fact that you had trained Wing Chun before. And I think that what you've been trying to find all these years is this. And so I went to um, a two, two day seminar uh, at his school at the time. It was the Portland martial arts Academy. Uh, and uh, his, his, his college, colleague and and older brother um damon carl was teaching and and um so in those two days i literally learned more than i did in my entire journey in martial arts so i i was sold right away i was just like oh my gosh this is what i've been looking for Hmm. and so um at the time i hadn't met mr Asano yet i just knew of him and i was just after you know uh damon got done with the seminar I, i started talking to chris i said well where can I train this? I was living in Washington State, and he he, he gave me you know a couple of names. Uh, Bob Moore, who was a guy named Lander Larry Hartzell, who was one of um, uh, uh, Bruce Lee and and Dan Asano's uh, original students, and a guy named Chris Petrelli, who was um, you know heavily into the the escrima that I do the the Dosi Pars and the Kakar Dosi Pars, but he also had trained with Mr. Asano, and um, you know was uh, Burt Richardson's roommate. Uh, who Bert was, you know, one of um, the seniors at, at the Inosano Academy too. And so um, I started training with those two guys. And subsequently in that same year, um, Chris had, you know, Grudan at his school. And so again, that's when I met him and I was like, wow. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I started on this path of trying to go to as many training seminars as I could with him as long, uh, along with training with my instructors at the time. And then um, in... I think it was 90, 98 or I think it was 98, uh, 99, uh, Mr. Clark put me under Mr. Inostano as a, a, as an apprentice. And so, um, that again, just started more of my journey, you know, training with the man himself. And, um, I think what he means to us in, in the family of Jeet Kune Do and, and Kali JKD and, and Eskrima and Seelot and all that, he's, he's not only like the godfather of it, but he's, He's like your he's like your dad, like your father. He's like your grandfather. You know, he's this amazing, charismatic individual that is such an amazing instructor. Not only can he teach the technique, but he teaches you the history of where these arts came from, um, what what conflicts happened for, in those cultures that 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 made the art the way it is now. Um, he's an understanding. He's he understands people. Um, as well as he understands martial arts and history. Uh, and he's just, I think he's truly just one of those, when, when they, when they, you know, Mr. Anasano says that when, when they made Bruce Lee, they threw away the mold. <laughs> and I believe that that's, that's the case for, for Dan Anasano is that, you know, he is a once in a lifetime, you know, kind of guy that is, has done so much for people, not only in understanding martial arts, but understanding people and understanding cultures and, and understanding themselves. And so, you know, 
he's, he's definitely at the top of my list for, for mentors, you know, and, um, top of my list of, of, you know, the best martial artists on, 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 on earth at this point and has ever walked this earth. Wow. What a blessing, man. I mean, that's, and it seems like, I mean, obviously I think there's an overall plan for all of our lives. It's so funny. You none, I don't think any of this happened by accident for you to immerse yourself with so many different arts and then link up with him and really kind of pick up Jeet Kune Do, which kind of you were already doing anyway, but he, I'm sure he helped refine it. But wow, that's just really cool, man. I mean, not a lot of people have that opportunity to sit under that learning tree. Yeah, I definitely feel very blessed. And I, I think you're, you're, you're right. I think, um, we all have this path that we're going on and there's a bunch of roads that, that, that are shortcuts or roads that are raw, dead ends or roads that lead us into other, other journeys that we don't really, you know, looking back at it, you're like, Hey, I, that was a really crappy journey I had to take there, but it led me to here in the long run. I think we are all supposed, we all go where we're supposed to go. Yeah. I was so, just talking to you somebody. Know, regardless of how many left turns or right turns yeah. that we take. Well, and it's like sometimes, man, sometimes in like the deepest, darkest things that happen in our life can come come from that. Just like some of the most amazing things like we think we can't get past X, Y, Z. But from that, we, we wind up having just amazing blessings. It's kind of a corny line, but it's like, you know, the hotter, the fire, the stronger, the steel that's forged by it kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's really cool, man. So he's is he slowed down at all, Dan Santo? Is he still firing away? Well, he's he's still firing away. Absolutely. I, I haven't had the opportunity you know, to train with him for the last couple of years. Cause you know, the, the zombie apocalypse happened and, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, um, they're being really careful with the amount of time that he does do, you know, abroad, as far as like doing, you know, seminars. Now he does do still do instructor camps and he still teaches on a daily basis at the Asano Academy. Um, I don't think he's, he's slowed down in a way of it mentally, physically. Um, I think of course, you know, as, as we all get older, he's gotten older. So he has to adapt, you know, his body to, to doing things. But, you know, the last time, you know, that I saw him and, 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 you know, spoke to him and, uh, he was still doing kettlebells. He was still, you know, doing, doing, you know, yoga. He was still training in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu with the Machado brothers. He was still, you know, actively, you know, at the time, right before, you know, everything kind of happened, he was still going to, to the Oregon Thai camp with Ajahn Chai. You know, it, it falls on his birthday, so he, he that's usually <laughs> his, his treat for himself is that he goes out there and uh, is a student. You know, he'll go out there and hit the pads, and you know, he'll do teaching and play the drums. But um, it's kind of always been his his kind of sanctuary to go to that. You know, yeah. But with again everything that's going on, um, everybody's lives were were changed, unfortunately. Um, you know, in some ways, very few ways for the better. I think most of the ways that, that our lives were affected by that was negative. Um, and, you know, that 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 hasn't been great for, you know, the the growth of the art and 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 being having the accessibility to go see, you know, Mr. Nasano and and, and 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 train with our instructors as much because of, you know, not necessarily they're all just getting older in age, you yeah. know, so. I get that they want to be safe with, with their health and everything. And, and I respect that, um, you know, so that, that, but that has caused a dampener for the last, you know, three years of not being able to go really train with, you know, the masters, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I said, like I said, you've, 
been given a priceless gift to even have the time you did have with him and the teachings and just everything that's probably just been so transformative for your life. That's just, that's just gotta be an amazing gift, man. It really is. And it's, 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 you know, not to sound cliche, but it's that gift that keeps on giving because, you know, I, I've been given so much material that I think, you know, I joke around that sometimes I've probably forgotten more than I can teach now. But, <laughs> but as soon as I see it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, there it was. Oh, shit, I haven't done that drill in a, a long time. Yeah. That was such a great drill or that's such a great flow or, you know, so, um, you know, the, the material is, is a lifetime uh, that, that it'll feed you for a lifetime as long as you just stay on course and, and just go to go back to that material. I think what a lot of people do, um, whether you're your student or as an instructor, is you get stuck on on what the the base pattern was or what the kata was or what the the um, the, the the flow was, and and there's so much to it. That's why these you know ancient cultures created patterns and flows because they didn't have a, a database that was on 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 a computer. They didn't have books. They didn't have DVDs. They didn't have YouTube. So they had to pass it all on, mm. you know, utilizing kind of, you know, these, these, these things that seem rudimentary, but inside these movements, there's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Again, man, what an incredible gift. And, and like I said, not just from the physical standpoint, but the internal one as well. Cause I mean, like in my humble opinion, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and uh, wow, it's just really cool to, to hear your, hear your story. I mean, before I let you slide, I want to ask you about a certain individual and I my I'm an intention guy and my intention sure. in asking this question is not to engage in a shit talking session. Me personally, it's just really frustrating. Um, yeah. So like a John Jones, I'm, I don't know if you've met him or not. I'm pretty sure probably yeah. you have. It's it's to be as ridiculously gifted as he is. And I don't know where he's at in his journey, but he seems to have gotten in his way a lot. Which, you know, once the 30 for 30 is ever done, you know, I hopefully he comes out the other side shining like a new dime. But again, it's just frustrating to watch somebody so talented be kind of sidelined by himself. Give me your thoughts on, you know, people say he's the GOAT. What do you think? I mean, is he he's obviously next level what he's done to so many legends and the gifts that he's been given. What are your opinion? What's your opinion on John Jones and and where he's at right now? Yeah, I mean, I I, I know John. I mean, we we don't hang out or anything, but I've. I've, I've, you know, seen him over the years, you know, I've, I've spent time with them, uh, you know, just kind of in, in social settings and, and also, you know, I've, he's been in the gym when I've been there training cowboy or, or whoever. And, um, you know, he, he's extremely talented. Um, you know, a, the, a lot of, a lot of the issues with, um, really talented people sometimes is, you know, they have destructive behaviors. They're, they're, they're self, self-destructive, right? Um, you see it across the board in, in, in different professional sports, right? Whether it's NBA or MLB sure. or, or, or NFL, you see these amazing athletes that you're like, what were you thinking? You know, <laughs> why were you at a nightclub with, with, with a gun? Why were you <laughs> buying right. cocaine off the street corner from, from, from a, you know, a crack dealer? Why were you, you know, what was, what, why did you choose to pick up a, you know, a hooker, on the most well-known street, uh, you know, to, to law enforcement. Why did you choose to race your car in a residential school zone? Why, you know, these things, you know, I, I think they, they all, you know, kind of leave us with this, what the hell 
Why do you think? Why do you think that is to be uh, gifted on such a, such a crazy level to have those skills and to ha also have in tandem with that at that certain level of self destructive behavior? Because like, you're right, it's not just John Jones. It's you. You hear that story a lot. Is, do you yeah. have an opinion on why you think that yeah, might be? Absolutely. So I, I I you know it's cliche, but I want to quote like the the, the Spider Man thing that Uncle Ben says to him. With right? Great he says, power. <laughs> you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. And I think I think what happens is as these kids are growing up. They're gifted. They're great. They're the stars on the mat. They're stars in the ring. They're stars on the on, on the field, whatever the situation is. And they're given special privileges. Mm. They're given easy, uh, easy outs for doing the wrong thing. Instead of being held to a higher standard and saying, hey, you are super talented, but you need to give back. You need to be responsible. You need to be a better human being because of this. And you need to not, you know, take this for granted mm. you know i think that accountability is is happening you know across the board whether it's a wrestling coach whether it's a football coach whether it's an mma coach whether it's you know whatever the situation is i think that is being and even in, in in homes i think parents you know they they tell you that none of their kids are their favorite but i guarantee you that kid that's that's in the little world league world championship is getting a little bit more attention than this little brother that might suck at it yeah. you know what i mean yeah um you know, I think across the board as society, you know, we kind of we, we, we kind of give easy outs and, and and free passes and and we give things to the, 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 the people that are are, are, are prettier or are more talented. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take advantage of your attributes and your your advantages in life. But I think that you should have the responsibility and have been taught the responsibility somewhere along the line. There was a serious string of f-ups where the people that were role models in these individuals lives whether it's john or 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 anybody that's a, an amazing athlete you have to ask yourself who was the role models in this person's life that allowed this to happen now at this this juncture in their life whether they're in their 20s or 30s whatever the scenario right. is who is the enabler or still enabling them to continually mess up and still not be given the repercussions that they should have deserved all along the, the line. And I think those accountability um, things are what makes a good human being, right? Yeah, the, the, for the, sure. The, the, the failures, the, 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 the penalties that we got to pay for the, the actions that we do. If there's no penalties and no, no, um, no guidelines, that's where you come into these, these guys and gals that, end up in jail that end up um you know fired from their organization that end up you know losing everything that they own because again nobody it, it does again, it I creates that sense of entitlement there to stop them, but yeah yeah there's an entire chain of events that happened over and over in your life for you they've gotten this far when nobody sat you down and said hey you know what are you doing with your life you should be giving back to the community. You should be, you know, grateful for all the things and the privileges that you had in your life. And and yes, these individuals are goats in their era, right? You right. know, um, they're 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 amazing. And as far as fighters go, um, Jones is an amazing fighter. Um, you know, he he he's done amazing things. He has amazing attributes. You know, you you have you know, 10,000 fighters or a hundred thousand fighters that walk through your gym, you're only going only gonna to have a guy like that come through every now and then, you know? And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. He's an, he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing fighter.
Well, and again, um, it's one of those kind of life yeah. experience lessons, you know, learning to get sure. out of your own way sometimes. You know, Uncle Ben, like you said, it sounds cliche, but that is a definite universal truth, yeah. man. Uncle Ben was absolutely right. And like my dad always used to say, hard head makes a soft ass, right? If you're going to keep messing up, yeah. well, that booty's going to be tender. But I, I, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, obviously, I think he's amazing. And I really, not only just for mar mixed martial arts and you have seen his career, just for himself. You know what I mean? But to have such an amazing legacy be tarnished by, you know, just aberrant behavior, just self-destructive behavior. It's such a it's such a shitty lesson to kids, lessons to kids because I mean, right. for multiple reasons. But right. wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm thank you. I'm, you know, some people. And like I said, I didn't ask that to like start trashing John. I just want to get your opinion because no, no, you're no. you're on that and, level and, and I figured I, you knew him. Yeah. Again, in all accounts, uh, you know, every time that I've spent, you know, uh, with with the man, he's been nothing but pleasant to me. He's been nothing but respectful to me. He's 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 always been kind to me so i have nothing bad to say about him as far as the interactions that we've had right um all i can say is you know the behavior outside of the the cage and behavior outside of the the gym uh you know whether it's him or any athlete like him i don't think is is appropriate and also you know it, it just brings all the legitimate you know athletes that, that have walked the path before you are still walking the path behind you uh, it, it tarnishes everything that they do, everything they sacrifice, yeah. you know, it, it tarnishes it. And, and I think that's unfair. And I think um, I hope the very best for him. Absolutely. Uh, I hope the very best for anybody that's a, a gifted athlete that at some point they're going to figure out that, that um, you know, the, the, the path that they're walking on is maybe not the best path. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, age and wisdom, you know, catches catches up to For each sure. and one, every one of the individuals. Well, and oftentimes in life, we got to be prepared or got to be careful of what we pray for, because sometimes we're, we're not ready for it. And, you know, like I said, life is yeah. a yeah, series. Yeah, that's of... the other thing I think that we didn't touch on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you're given success and given whatever you want at a young age, the decisions you make with those things are going to be poor, even if you have the best role models, right? Yeah. You have the best role models in, in, in the world. If you're given a Lamborghini when you're <laughs> 18 years old, 20 years old, if you're given, you know, a, a full ride and a sponsorship and, and, and clothing and whatever you want, there are no, only yes men around you or yes people yeah. that, that, that you, you're, you're bound to make bad decisions. Yeah. It's tough, man. Cause it's, you know, it's spoiled. It's taken down a great many of men and women. So, uh, you know, what is it? What does it benefit yeah. to gain the world only to lose your soul or something like that? But yeah, that's you know, like yeah. I said, I, I wish the best for John too. I think he's an amazing athlete, and I don't know him as a human being. But like I said, I think he's got an amazing legacy that he should be more mindful of protecting. But you know, I'm not Absolutely. in his shoes, and you know, anyway, Ray Yee, man, I can't thank you enough yeah. for your time. It's yeah, great they, to you know the old saying, right? It's great to catch up with you. Any uh, social networking? I know you got a website, Instagram. Shout that out there, and I will I will attach it in the description of this this episode as well. Uh, everything I, I'm I'm on is basically just Coach Ray Yee. So my Instagram, my Facebook, okay. my uh, my my website, everything's just my just Coach Ray Yee. Perfect. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, even my emails, Coach Ray Yee at Gmail dot com. Simple enough, my man. Simple enough. Again, man, thank you so much for your time, man. Congratulations on the little one, and uh, peace thank and all the you. blessings to you and the family, my friend. You too, man. It's such a pleasure talking with you again, man. I. Uh, would love to catch up with you one of these days in person. Absolutely. You know, I, I, hopefully one of these days I make it out, out to, to your neck of the woods, man. Or me out there. That'd be awesome. I love New Mexico, man. It's uh, that's a beautiful country. Well, you're, you're sagging, uh, you know, uh, after too. So 
hopefully uh you know we we can get on a project at some point and yeah that'd be awesome see each other on set absolutely brother all right take care my friend for sure peace and so much love you guys you too absolutely peace guys and uh much much love much love to you all right brother respect peace